welcome back to Reliving the War and welcome to the 21st of October 1996. We're going to take a look at WWF Raw and WCW Nitro segment by segment to see which show was the best and this week we have some big returns on both Raw and Nitro that affect both shows for the months and even years that follow. Both shows are live tonight, Nitro is being held in Mankato, Minnesota while WWF Raw comes from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Before we look at the Raw vs Nitro television battle though, let's check out the Buried Alive results along with the first 60 minutes of Monday Nitro. Also, please remember to subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already, it helps me out immensely and I'd greatly appreciate it. Okay, let's get started then, this is Reliving the War episode 54. In Your House Buried Alive took place on October 20th in the Market Square Arena in Indianapolis. The show drew just under 10,000 fans. The event started off with Jim Ross having microphone problems and JR's technical issues would continue throughout the first half of the event. We'll come back to this in a moment. Stone Cold Steve Austin defeated Hunter Hearst Hemsley in the opening match, a rare 1996 heel vs heel bout that was actually really good. Austin got the win with a Stone Cold Stunner and this was one of the first times where fans really got behind Stone Cold on a WWF pay-per-view. The Smoking Guns then tried to win back the WWF tag team titles but they failed. Owen and the Bulldog defeated Billy and Bart and the Smoking Guns continued on the path to their inevitable breakup. Jim Ross then lost his temper due to his headset not working and JR said this was being done on purpose. Vince McMahon was apparently trying to silence JR but Ross has a big announcement to make before leaving the show. Ross has somehow brought Bret Hart back and the hitman will be on Raw the following night. People don't seem to like the heel Jim Ross of 1996 and I know playing a villain doesn't really suit JR but I thought some of his promos around this time period were really good. Mr. Perfect replaced Jim Ross on commentary for the IC title match pitting Mark Merrow against Goldust. Hennig ended up going to check on Mark Merrow and Triple H came out to provoke Perfect. Goldust ended up taking a right hand from Kurt and this all led to Merrow successfully retaining the IC title. It was nothing special at all. Psycho Sid defeated Vader to become the number one contender for the WWF title, so when Buried Alive went off the air, the scheduled title match at the 1996 Survivor Series would feature Sid taking on Shawn Michaels. And then the first ever Buried Alive match took place, the main draw of this card. The loser of the match would be the one who got literally buried alive by their opponent. The Undertaker won the match but he was attacked afterwards by the Executioner, better known as Terry Gordy of the Fabulous Freebirds. Because the planned post-match burial of The Undertaker was taking way too long, a bunch of heels come out to finish the job. It really does seem to go on forever and the pay-per-view goes off the air with The Undertaker's hand rising from the grave. Buried Alive was unique at the time thanks to its main event but that same uniqueness has been taken away thanks to the WWF producing more matches of this nature. Triple H vs Steve Austin and the Buried Alive match though are both worth your time. Nitro kicks off with Tony and Larry talking about Randy Savage and the Miss Elizabeth stuff that happened last week. 
Larry thinks Liz could be playing salvage here, while Tony thinks Miss Elizabeth is being sincere. Our opening match was a real interesting confrontation between Bobby Eaton and Chris Jericho, one of those matches that you completely forgot actually happened on TV. It was pretty good too, Jericho scored the pinfall win while Six and the fake Sting watched from the audience. Sting is scheduled to face Jericho at Halloween Havoc. Speaking of Sting, Tony Schiavone announces that the real Sting is scheduled to appear on Nitro later in the evening. Dean Malenko then went to war with Jimmy Graffiti, also known as Jimmy Del Rey, having a midlife crisis. Malenko got the win with his Texas Cloverleaf. Diamond Dallas Page then defeated Sergeant Craig Pittman with a diamond cutter. Pittman had Page submitting to his code red armbar, but Nick Patrick was too busy arguing with Teddy Long. The problem here was that Teddy Long got on the apron just as Pittman put the armbar on, and so Nick Patrick really wasn't to blame here, Teddy shouldn't have jumped up and caused a distraction. Just a badly timed finish I guess. Tony Schiavone interviews Patrick after the match and Nick stands by his decision, good for you Nick. And when Tony asks Patrick if he was the NWO referee from WCW Saturday Night, Nick says no, it has to be Randy Anderson. Jeff Jarrett was then scheduled to have a match with Ron Studd, but the nature boy Ric Flair came out. Flair and Jarrett then had a strut off to see which superstar had the best strut. And the nature boy completely destroyed Jarrett here. The audience chanted for Flair and they booed Jarrett throughout. But it all ended with a friendly handshake. Jarrett went on to defeat Ron Studd with a figure 4, and after the bout, Double J says the giant has chokeslammed everyone in WCW but Jeff Jarrett. Ric Flair then comes out again and he acknowledges that Jarrett spoke highly of him last week on Nitro, so there seems to be a friendship forming here between Slick Rick and Double J. Flair gives credit to the New World Order, he says they are playing a dirtier and smarter game than anyone else at the moment. But that all changes at Halloween Havoc. The Jericho vs Eaton match was interesting and the Flair vs Jarrett strut off was quite amusing. The rest wasn't really must see TV or anything like that, so I'll give Raw the unopposed point this week. Raw kicks off with footage of Bret Hart leaving WWF after WrestleMania 12. Vince McMahon provides the voiceover here and he says Bret is scheduled to reveal his WWF future live tonight inside the ring. The Mr. Perfect vs Hunter Hearst Hemsley match also gets hyped up. Perfect vs Triple H is our scheduled main event. Two WCW matches are going up against Raw's opener. On Nitro we have Lex Luger vs Roadblock and Harlem Heat vs The American Males while WWF Raw presents Psycho Sid vs Owen Hart. Vince McMahon puts Sid over like crazy on commentary, reminding fans that Sid vs Shawn Michaels is our main event for Survivor Series in Madison Square Garden. Owen seems a little hesitant to start the match off and after the two men lock up, Owen gets pushed straight down to the mat. Owen accuses Sid of hair pulling. The exact same thing happens after the two lock up again, but this time Owen performs a kip up and Sid grabs his opponent by the throat. Owen then gets shoved out of the ring and the audience cheers for Psycho Sid. Owen can't believe what's happening and he considers leaving the match, but he decides to try an aerial attack while Clarence Mason distracts Sid. This didn't work out as intended. Owen is able to hit a face crusher before going to the top rope once again. Sid takes a missile dropkick and Owen follows up with a clothesline that sends Sid to the outside. 
Davy Boy Smith then comes down to attack Sid and Owen is able to take advantage while the big man is distracted. When we come back from commercial break, both Owen and Davy are taking turns at hitting Sid's leg on the ring post. Owen then focuses all his offense on his opponent's injured limb while the crowd starts a Sid chant. Owen's attack comes to an end when Sid grabs him out of a crossbody attempt and the King of Hearts gets dumped on the mat. At this point, someone holds up a sign that says, Hump his face, cold dust. Nice. Sid then misses a leg drop and Owen goes for the injured limb again. And while Davy Boy Smith has been out here doing chin locks for weeks, Owen applies an Indian death lock. Sid manages to break a sharpshooter attempt, but Owen goes straight back to the leg. It's kinda rare seeing Owen get in so much offense in a raw match, so this has been a really nice change of pace. Owen's mistake though was trying to go toe to toe with the big man. Sid gets an opportunity to hit a choke slam and Owen crashes down to the mat. Sid then signals for the powerbomb and Davy Boy Smith runs in to cause a DQ finish. Shawn Michaels then shows up to help Psycho Sid. Shawn has a little slip when running into the ring. And after Bulldog and Owen have been taken out, Sean and Sid have a few words with each other. Sid seems thankful that Sean helped him out, but HBK gets reminded that he's got a date with Destiny at Survivor Series. Nothing to complain about here, I enjoyed this opening matchup. Lex Luger faces Roadblock. Who is Roadblock, I hear no one ask. Well, all I can gather is that he began working in 1987 and he ended up in Outlaw Promotion International World Class Championship Wrestling before having stints in Puerto Rico, Japan and Mexico. Roadblock challenged Luger on WCW Saturday Night and well, here we are. Heenan and Bischoff's reaction to Roadblock's entrance says it all really. And he steps into the- oh my- What is that? Roadblock? Yikes! Roadblock rushes in at Luger, but the total package is too quick. Roadblock gets sent to the opposite corner, Lex lays in a few punches, and Roadblock tries to go for an atomic drop, but he's clearly forgotten that Lex Luger had those steel testicle implants put into his sack after that motorcycle accident in 1992. Luger clotheslines his opponent over the top rope, and Roadblock loses his mind on the outside. Lex gets dragged out, but the big man doesn't get a chance to do anything really. Luger comes right back, and Roadblock gets drilled into the ring post not once, but twice. Arn Anderson cuts a split screen promo during the match where he says time is running out for Lex Luger. Anderson knows that Lex has said I quit in the past, but AA wants Luger to say those words to Arn Anderson. While this was going on, Luger body slammed Roadblock in the middle of the ring. The big man is finally able to get in some offense and Luger takes a weak looking clothesline although to be fair Roadblock makes up for this with his second attempt. Luger takes a splash in the corner and when Lex gets whipped into the opposite turnbuckles he turns his back and it kinda looks like he got hurt here but Roadblock doesn't care. Lex takes a shot of the lower back and after getting whipped into the opposite corner the total package begins firing up. You can see Lex telling his opponent to start throwing punches, and after Luger hits a power slam on his opponent, things get really interesting. Luger goes for the torture rack, but he can't get Roadblock up. He goes for it one more time, and again, Roadblock gets dumped to the mat. Lex knows now that he's fucked up and there's a small smattering of booze in the audience, but look at the size of Roadblock, this was a big task here. Third time lucky for the total package, he gets Roadblock up and the crowd, the commentators and even the referee goes absolutely crazy. Not a great match if I'm honest, though the end was kinda fun. 
Tag team action next on Nitro, the American Males vs Harlem Heat. Scotty Riggs has been out of action for a few weeks so let's see how he and Bagwell do against Booker T and Stevie Ray. The tag team belts are on the line here but poor Nick Patrick has some trouble lifting the titles in the air before the bell rings. Stevie Ray starts off with some hard strikes to Scotty Riggs and the American male gets choked in the corner. Not a great start for Riggs here. Scotty tries to fire back with some right hands and he manages to hit a dropkick but a crossbody attempt gets reversed and Riggs gets drilled hard into the mat. Eric Bischoff apologises to Randy Savage for showing him that Elizabeth video last week as Bagwell gets tagged in. A double back elbow floors Stevie Ray but he gets right back up after a pin attempt and Marcus takes some punishment. Booker T comes into the match but Bagwell reverses a hip toss attempt sending Booker over the top rope. Heenan says that this should have been a disqualification and when Mike Tanay says he thinks it was Booker's momentum that sent him out of the ring, Bobby tells Tanay not to think. Back inside the ropes, Booker takes a back body drop followed by a drop kick. Nitro takes a commercial break and we come back to Buff Bagwell getting a boot up when Booker T comes charging into the corner. Bagwell's momentum gets stopped by a Booker T powerbomb and then the outsiders are seen standing in the audience. Remember, it's Harlem Heat versus Hall and Nash at Halloween Havoc. With the outsiders looking on, Booker goes to the top rope but Bagwell catches his opponent with a perfectly timed drop kick. Riggs and Stevie Ray then get tagged in and Riggs cleans house. Stevie gets hit with a double drop kick from the American males and then it all goes downhill. Riggs takes out Robert Parker on the apron and Booker T hits a jumping sidekick. Stevie Ray pins Riggs and look at this shit, Bagwell has a perfect opportunity to break the pin but he delays it and when he does run in it's hard to tell if Patrick counted to 3 or not, even the commentators are unsure what happened. But Harlem Heat pick up the pinfall win and yeah this looked awful. It's a shame too because the tag match itself was really good, good enough to still score Nitro the first point. Hull and Nash walk away as the segment comes to an end. Up next on Nitro we have another tag team match, the Faces of Fear versus the Fantastics. Yes it really is the Fantastics and I'm also pretty sure this was their final televised match. And over on Raw we have got the Smoking Guns versus the Godwins. Jim Ross has joined McMahon and Lawler on commentary and Vince wants to know what Bret Hart is going to say later on. Ross says he's spoken to the hitman and big news is on the way later on Raw. The commentators remind us that Billy and Bart have been having some problems as our match gets started with Bart and Phineas inside the ropes. Their initial lockup goes on forever and to make things even better, they lock up twice. Wonderful. A hammerlock from Bart Gunn gets followed with a side headlock and just before we go to commercial break, Bart hits a body slam and Billy gets tagged in. We come back and we're back to Bart and Phineas. Another lockup, another side headlock. Another moment where I want to fast forward this match. Phineas gets whipped into the ropes and Billy Gunn pulls the top rope down, causing the hog farmer to tumble out of the ring. Billy lays in a few kicks on the outside before throwing Phineas back into the ring. The smoking guns then try their double team corner splash but Billy misses his opponent. Henry screams for Phineas to tag him in and Phineas manages to do so. Henry takes care of Bart with a big back elbow followed by a power slam and the match comes to an end when the Godwins throw Bart into the ropes and Bart crashes into Billy. Bart then takes a slop drop and the Godwins win via pinfall. The segment ends with Billy and Bart again arguing in the ring and this victory also means that the Godwins are next in line for a tag title shot. Whoop-dee-doo. 
It's a bit awkward putting the Fantastics on the Ming Manly meter. Fulton and Rogers deserve recognition for their work as a tag team that dates all the way back to 1984, and their work with the Midnight Express in the late 80s was fantastic. But their ring attires are probably something that upsets our hero and Lord Ming, so let's place them right about here. Bobby Fulton and Ming start this one off and Ming throws some wild punches at his opponent. Bobby tries fighting back but it's no good. A seriously hard knife edge chop almost cuts Fulton in two and Ming goes on the offense, choking his opponent against the ropes. Fulton comes back with two drop kicks but Ming doesn't go down. Tommy Rogers comes in and a double drop kick gets delivered, but the faces of fear decide to show off their double team moves by pulling off a fucking back body drop into a power bomb. Unbelievable stuff here from the faces of fear. The barbarian hits a stiff backbreaker and Bobby gets rammed into the corner. Ming comes back in and he nails a side suplex. And when Bobby tries to fight back on the mat, Ming just kicks the shit out of him and he stops a tag being made. Absolute domination from the faces of fear. Ming hits a pile driver next that gives Mark Curtis some sympathy pains. The Faces of Fear hit a double headbutt, but Barbarian's pin attempt is broken up by Rogers. The destruction of the Fantastics continues on. Ming is actually laughing at this point, he's having a great time. Finally, Rogers gets tagged in, but the crowd stays absolutely silent. Say what you want about the Fantastics, but you gotta be real too. In 1996, in WCW, nobody cared about them. Rogers hits a drop kick from the top rope and Fulton comes in to help out with a double back suplex. We then see a double middle rope drop kick from the Fantastics but it isn't enough to end the match. Barbarian ends up catching Rogers from a top rope crossbody attempt and Ming delivers a boot to the head. The faces of fear win via pinfall. The Nitro match was simply better, another point for WCW Nitro. Over on Raw, Hunter Hearst Helmsley attacks Mr. Perfect as Hennig was warming up for the main event match. We'll see what happens with Mr. Perfect a little later on. Up next we have the return of Bret Hart on Raw while WCW Nitro presents JL vs NWO Sting. Jim Ross is going to interview the hitman, Bret's music plays in the arena and I'm sure many fans were expecting a fake hitman to walk out but Bret is here and he's going to address his future. Ross cuts straight to the chase, asking Brett if he's gonna retire, is he gonna take an office job, is he gonna answer the challenge of Steve Austin, or is he going to wrestle elsewhere in the future? And Brett says he got an offer from a quote rival wrestling organization, referring to WCW of course. Brett says the company approached him with honour and dignity. He won't say anything bad about how they represented themselves, and this rival organization also made Brett a very good offer to leave the World Wrestling Federation. Brett found himself wondering what to do next. Vince listens on as the owner of the WWF thinks he's about to lose another one of his biggest superstars, as the hitman says he's done a lot of soul searching. And Brett came to the conclusion that everything he's ever done in wrestling is all thanks to his WWF fans. We go backstage where we see Steve Austin and Brian Pillman and we also see Rocky Maivia. This was The Rock's very first WWF Raw appearance. Brett then announces that he'll stay in the WWF forever and it looks like a weight has been taken off Vince McMahon's shoulders. The Hitman wants to talk about WrestleMania 12 next. Brett says that he has no excuses, Shawn Michaels beat him fair and square for the WWF title. And in the midst of putting HBK over, Brett says this. But Shawn Michaels, 
There's just something about you that really bugs me. Brett says that Sean may be younger than the hitman, more popular than the hitman, maybe even cuter than the hitman, but Brett is tougher and smarter than Shawn Michaels. Brett has learned a great deal from his loss at WrestleMania, and Brett will be coming after Michaels in the future. In the meantime, Brett says that he accepts the challenge of Stone Cold Steve Austin, a man who Brett calls the best wrestler in the company today, and that match is going to take place at the 1996 Survivor Series. Brett then thanks his fans for sticking by him, and the hitman tells a story about a sick fan back in Canada, Brett's biggest fan. The little boy became gravely ill and Brett told the kid that if he can pull through and get better then Brett would come back to the WWF so the kid could watch the hitman wrestle. The little fan passed away and Brett says the fan was actually his nephew. Brett promised himself he'd come back after his nephew passed and the promo ends with Brett getting more jabs into HBK. The hitman says he can't dance and he doesn't pose too well for girly magazines but Brett is the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be, and the pink and black attack is back. Phenomenal stuff here, the fans absolutely loved it, and the WWF was in desperate need of some main eventers on their current roster. Now we can look forward to the Hart vs Austin rivalry on Monday Night Raw. Eric Bischoff apologises again to Randy Savage and we get a replay of Elizabeth's video message last week. Eric says he has more footage to show Savage and he hopes the Macho Man is in the building tonight to see another video. A video that shows how low class Hulk Hogan can really be. So yeah, I'm sure that'll make Savage feel a whole lot better. Bischoff has also been saying all night that Sting is in the building but it appears we've been fooled. It's the bogus Sting who's in the arena and he's taking on JL. The NWO come out at the beginning of the match and they surround the ring. The fake Sting starts the match off with a face crusher and JL goes for a crossbody. Bogus Sting slams his opponent to the mat. After nailing a stinger splash, JL finds himself in the scorpion deathlock. And then, the real Sting makes his way down to the ring, wearing face paint reminiscent of James O'Barr's Crow comic book character, which in 1994 was turned into a movie starring Brandon Lee. Sting hits his doppelganger with a scorpion death drop, a few elbow drops, a stinger splash and then he applies a scorpion death lock. Heenan thinks Sting has joined the NWO due to the black and white face paint. The NWO get into the ring and they applaud Sting and Ted DiBiase tries to recruit the real Sting into the New World Order by saying the group is like a family. Kevin Nash says it's time for Sting to break on through to the other side. And Scott Hall says Sting has nothing to show for all the years he's carried WCW on his back. Hall says they brought in the imposter Sting because they knew it would get to the real Sting. And nobody knows about imposters better than Hall and Nash. I, I love this line by the way. And so Sting has a decision to make. If Sting joins the NWO, there's no stopping the takeover. Sting calls the bogus Sting a cheap imitation. He says you get what you pay for and the real Sting may be out of the NWO's price range. But the only thing we know for sure about Sting is that nothing's for sure. And that's it. That's the last time we're gonna hear Sting talk for a very long time. Not only do we get to look forward to Hart vs Austin, but we also get to look forward to the upcoming Crow-Sting vs NWO rivalry. I can't choose between the two here, I'll let you guys slug it out in the comments section, but I'm giving a point to each show. Fantastic, pivotal promos from both Raw and Nitro. 
Keep in mind too that the NWO think that they've just got Sting to join the group. Main event time, Mr. Perfect vs Hunter Hearst Helmsley on Raw while Randy Savage watches another video on Nitro. Before the Raw main event, absolute legend Todd Pettengill is here to announce the Milton Bradley Karate Fighters Holiday Tournament. Superstars are going to have fights with their karate fighters and it's all going to get aired on WWF Raw. No, I'm not kidding and yes, this is going to be awesome. Mr. Perfect comes down to the ring with Mark Merrow, Sable and Gorilla Monsoon and Monsoon announces that Hennig will not be wrestling tonight due to that attack from Hunter a little earlier on. Perfect is apparently injured. Hunter says that Mr. Perfect is a chicken and Hennig says that Mark Merrow has agreed to step in for him but Gorilla says Hunter is under no obligation to wrestle tonight. No contract has been signed for Mark Merrow vs Helmsley. Hunter says if Merrow puts the IC title on the line then he'll have the match. Perfect says Mark Merrow will have no problem doing that. And Merrow says that he'll do it because Perfect's wisdom was what brought him the IC title in the first place. So our main event has been changed, it's now Mark Merrow vs Hunter Hearst Hemsley for the Intercontinental Championship. We come back from a commercial break and the match is underway. Triple H takes a back body drop and a few arm drags as Mr Perfect apologises for not competing tonight on commentary. Hunter gets drop kicked out of the ring and when Merrow goes for his somersault plancha, Helmsley grabs Sable to use as his shield. Sable ends up slapping Hunter and this gets a great pop from the audience. Merrow takes care of Hunter on the outside and he tries a sunset flip when the action goes back inside the ropes. This gets followed up with more pin attempts by both men but our match continues on. Hunter nails a tilt award backbreaker as Mr Perfect watches on from the commentary table. Triple H then hits a suplex and Hunter keeps the pressure on with a knee drop. Merrow then takes Hunter's signature knee strike and the future King of Kings is looking pretty good here. Merrow counters a pedigree with a slingshot followed by a pin attempt but Hunter kicks out. Helmsley fires back with a jumping clothesline and when we come back from a commercial break it's Mark Merrow who has regained control of the match. Hunter takes a Samoan drop and Merrow goes up for his shooting star press. Hunter pushes the ref into the ropes and Merrow gets his little wild things smashed into the top turnbuckle. Unlucky Mark. Helmsley tries to take advantage with a superplex but Mark reverses it, leading to Merrow hitting a nice moonsault that only gets a two count. Eventually there's a referee bump and Hunter grabs a steel chair. Sable tries to take the chair away from Hunter but Mr Perfect jumps into the ring and he takes control of the weapon. We think Hennig is going to swing for Hunter but it's actually Merrow who gets hit. Hunter then nails a pedigree on his opponent and we have a new intercontinental champion. Hunter wins via pinfall. Vince McMahon calls this the perfect hoax as Hunter and Kurt Hennig celebrate in the ring. It was a big setup all along and it was great. Helmsley had just won his first singles title in the WWF. I wonder if he'd win any more in the future. It was supposed to be Chris Benoit vs Randy Savage to end Nitro but Bischoff wants to show this tape to Savage, whatever it is. The macho man is <laughs> he's wearing all black tonight and that's because I don't fucking know because his ex-wife says she still loves him, I have no idea. The tape rolls and Hogan is on the set for his latest blockbuster movie. And yes, what a fantastic hairpiece the Hulkster has on here. Hulk tells the movie director that the NWO is taking over the production, the giant is now directing this movie and Hogan is going to be the producer. 
And so Hulk and the Giant begin filming Miss Elizabeth. Hulk wants Liz to send another message to the Macho Man, but Elizabeth doesn't want to do it. She asks Hulk to stop. Hulk tells the Giant to take Liz back to his trailer because she isn't playing ball. And back at the trailer, Hulk says that Liz is embarrassing him. What Hollywood wants, Hollywood gets. So Liz needs to go back out and film the video for Savage. Liz continues to say no. Hulk decides to leave Elizabeth in his trailer. And Hogan announces afterwards that he's going to give Elizabeth some acting lessons. The Hollywood Hogan way. It's pretty fucked up. It looks like Savage isn't going to speak again. But Savage does say that friendships, relationships, business and marriage. All these things are fragile. But Savage sends a message to Hulk Hogan saying that life is fragile too. Savage then walks away and Nitro fades to black and the last few moments of the broadcast are completely silent. It's quite ominous and let's just get this straight. Did Savage just announce that he's gonna actually murder Hulk Hogan? That's a bit extreme, isn't it? Nowhere near as effective as last week's video though, so Raw gets the final point. We have a draw this week and watching both shows back I think that's pretty fair as a whole. Both episodes were good this week with the Bret and Sting promos being the big standouts. So a good Monday night here for wrestling fans. Our scores are now 18 points to Raw, 29 points to Nitro and we're now on 7 ties. The return of Bret Hart which was only announced on Sunday via the Superstar show and buried alive a little later in the evening was not enough to give Raw a ratings victory. Nitro scored a 3.2 while Raw scored a 2.6. Still a vast improvement though for Monday Night Raw in comparison to last week. Next week we'll cover the Halloween Havoc results, a superstar from Hogan's past comes back to cause the NWO some problems, and we also get a Chris Benoit vs Eddie Guerrero match on Monday Nitro. Over on Raw, Steve Austin and Bret Hart get interviewed about their upcoming Survivor Series match and Shawn Michaels does battle with Davey Boy Smith in the main event. Thank you very, very much for watching. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and take care.